This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. From the Headstuff Podcast Network, welcome to the world according to Wikipedia, the podcast that explores the weird, wonderful and baffling world of Wikipedia, the people who write it and what makes them tick. With me, Fanula. And me, Rebecca. We're back. Did you miss us? Did you miss me? Did you miss me, Rebecca? Of course I did. I always miss you. And hopefully we're not too badly out of practice. So in this episode, we're going to be talking to Dr. Sarah Thomas, Marco Cofola and Cafreas Kane about their work on the Scots Wikipedia. talked about scots wikipedia before we have indeed we have call back call back to episode one now no less uh, which feels like a very long time ago is when we talked about it yeah that was yeah i remember it was a bit of an issue wasn't it, it there was something something had gone catastrophically wrong uh, catastrophic might be over egging the pudding a little bit but uh yes listeners might remember that one very well-meaning editor who had no Scots himself, had made about 40,000 edits uh, to the Scots Wikipedia, uh, most of which could be said to have been damaging to the overall content of the Wikipedia, given his lack of understanding of the language. Uh, This came to light, as a lot of internet things do, through a long Reddit thread, which then went viral, and it spurred some members of the Scots language community to roll up their proverbial sleeves and get editing. I am very interested now to hear more of what's been going on with Scots Wikipedia since then. Well, Good news for you then. That's the focus of our interview. In our interview, there is some mention of admins on Scots Wikipedia. So as our random rule of this episode, would you like to know what an admin on Wikipedia is? No. Okay, right. Okay. So seeing as this is actually part of the point of the show to go into things about Wikipedia, please do tell me about Editors. Oh, not editors, admins. Yes. Uh, please play along. It, apart from anything else, it just makes my life a whole lot easier. Okay, Lannerike. Okay. An admin or an administrator, I know, I know, the technical lingo is almost too much to bear, uh, is someone who has special editing and other privileges on Wikipedia. They can do things like speedily delete articles, block accounts from vandalising, and generally have a lot of extra tools at their disposal to keep Wikipedia running. But what is interesting, I suppose, is how one becomes an administrator. Yes. Let me take notes on how I can become a minor overlord in the world of Wikipedia. It's an interesting one. Uh, Pretty much uh, you have to be a really engaged editor. So an element of this is your edit count. So how how many edits you have made, that is very important. But you also need to have been seen to be involved with the running of Wikipedia. So taking part in community discussions, working with others on issues such as vandalism and other problematic editing, the sort of back end work that, uh, and becoming a known quantity to the community is important if you want to put yourself forward to become an admin. Hmm. This doesn't seem as easy as I had hoped. Yeah, yeah. Like most things on Wikipedia, it is decided by the community whether or not somebody becomes an admin. You nominate yourself and then you're put through the request for adminship process, which is almost like being interviewed for the job. You answer a bunch of questions about why you want to be granted this position, what your plans are for what you're going to do with the tools that you're given, And most importantly, and sometimes quite controversially, other editors will comb through your edit history for anything that might indicate you are not a good candidate Mm. for the job. So maybe this won't be my way to rule the world, because if I 
was honest in my application and said that my plans were world domination, they might not let me have those powers. I mean, it's not humorless. So, I mean, uh, you never know. That might, that might win you some support. Hmm. <laughs> Especially if it's a benign dictatorship, people might be all, all on board for that. Yeah. But uh, So it isn't exactly the fast track now. Uh, admins are still accountable to the community although some may say not accountable enough at times. Mm. Uh, critically, they can have their adminship revoked or be asked to give them up by the community if they believe they have abused them or used those tools inappropriately. And again, that would potentially put a kibosh on my hopes and dreams for a domination. <sighs> Back to the drawing board. Well, it, it would be a very specific... It'd be a very specific form of world domination in the world of, of Wikipedia. So, you know, it's not exactly IRL power. <laughs> Although some people would would argue that there is a certain amount of kind of soft IRL power there if you have the ability to, you know, delete things or uh, summarily block IP addresses or, or whatever it is. And that's when, the, you know, the oversight of the community is really important. For this interview, I talked to Sarah and Marco about their work on Scots Wikipedia and a third editor, Cafreas, answered the questions by text, which Sarah read out for us. Hi, I'm Dr. Sarah Thomas and I'm the Scotland Programme Coordinator for Wikimedia UK. I was previously Wikimedian in residence at the Scottish Library and Information Council and Museums Galleries Scotland. Uh, and I edit on NWiki a little bit on school, Scots Wiki. Um, I do some Wikimedia Commons work and I do a little bit of Wikidata as well. Hi, I'm Marco. Um, I've been an editor of the Scots Wikipedia for a few years and uh, have been helping with organising the edathon since the news broke out about the controversy. And I'm also now in charge of the new section of the Wikipedia. Great, fantastic. Thank you so much for, for both joining me. Um, we've invited you uh, along because we spoke about, I mean, you've already kind of mentioned the, I suppose, little bit of the, the Scots elephant uh, in the room, the controversy that that unfolded last year. But to maybe, fo- you know, move away from focusing on, on that and on the good work that's been going on ever since then. But our um, our listeners were really, really interested, uh, A, to learn that there was a Scots Wikipedia. They thought that was great. And B, kind of how communities can respond and, and I suppose, take ownership um, of Wikipedias. So, um, Sarah, I'll go to you first. How did you, was was it also the controversy that kind of drew you towards uh, Scots Wikipedia or had you worked with the community previously? I hadn't worked with the community previously, no. Um, it's So it's, it has ended up being part of my job and part of my role at Wikimedia UK. Um, so everything kicked off um, and uh, a couple of folk had got in contact to say, hey, we're going to be running this edit-a-thon. I was like, right, okay, this is this is a thing with which I can help because I don't speak a lot of Scots. I can I can read it um, and do a little bit, but I definitely wouldn't feel confident enough to edit in Scots and especially not at the moment. So uh, I, I got involved, uh, yeah, when all of that was kicking off last year. Um, and most of the edits that I make on Scots are to do with, hey, I can go find a reference and I can add images and I can do the the little bits and pieces around and about of the editing um, that don't mess with the language but can help the community. So Marco, how did you get involved? Um, I was actually sort of involved with the Wikipedia a few years before the controversy when I found out that the Scots language existed and I thought, well, is Wikipedia in Scots? And I thought, and so I looked it up and I found out it was and I was really, really happy and just been doing a few edits here and there for a hobby. So yeah. Great. 
And Kane's answer, uh, I'm reading it, uh, is I signed up with Wikipedia after I heard the news about the scotching. I think it was a day or two after the news broke. I've edited media wiki wikis before, so I had some experience with editing, but not with Wikipedia. I think, you know, there's there's commonality to, and it, it's, you know, universal across all languages. It's like, I saw something wrong on the internet and, you know, I had to try. <laughs> uh-huh. So aside from, you know, it, it's kind of well-trodden, land at this point that we know kind of, you know, there was a certain amount of, I suppose, uh, naivety by a few few editors that caused kind of the, the issues that, that unfolded. But aside from the impact that one or two kind of misguided editors can perhaps have on a small language Wikipedia, what do you think the main challenge is for a small language Wikipedia like Scots? Uh, I think for the, there's two main challenges, I think, specifically for Scots, one of which is the, the size and density of community. So having the number of people who can be active to deal with everything. And that's not only putting content in, that's the, the kind of administration around it, uh, dealing with vandalism, that kind of thing. Um, and the second um, that's quite specific to Scots, I think, is that Scots has been kind of denigrated as a language. So you'll occasionally get people rocking up on Scots Wiki, not realising that Scots is, a, is an actual language and that that can be a real challenge for the community for me the main challenge is like when you're translating an article into scots which is what i usually do like scots isn't a language that you're, we're taught in school or anything we're not sure exactly how it works we just go off of ex- experience and uh, sometimes you see you see phrases and words that you're not sure how to translate me like always ask get others opinions and anything after you do all that you'll get some people who accuse it of not being real scots you get some gatekeepers which is quite frustrating yeah it's a language of dialects and sub dialects um and not a lot of kind of written standard standardization uh, so that that can be a challenge as well uh kane's answer here on the, on the main challenge um i think it's that we've got too many low quality articles and not enough people fixing them there's been a decade of quantity over quality approach and it's left us with thousands of articles that are stubs with little referencing or encyclopedic value i've seen pages that are literally just the page title bolded and disambigs created because they exist on nwiki with no effort put into making the pages on the disambiguation and i think that we were having that previous conversation about the chasing of metrics yes and i think there was there was a point in small language wikipedias that there was a fear that if you didn't grow a certain amount you would just get deleted or or Mm. become defunct so i think there was there was a kind of a there was a good reasoning Mm. to perhaps maybe try and strive for ten thousand articles or 15 or whatever it was but that really yeah it doesn't serve the community no that great to have your stub no in in fact and in fact on scots there's been a significant pruning so i'd like i think possibly the biggest percentage like biggest mass deletion that's ever been done on the wiki community certainly i haven't heard of any others um but a significant pruning now so actually a lot of the bad quality stuff um has gone um the community decided on a set of deletion criteria um and just got rid of them to say look we just let's let's get away with this lot and then let's concentrate on what we've got let's um let's improve the stuff that's there let's create good new new good quality articles um so yes yeah, so a lot of that kind of a lot of the bad stuff has 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 now gone yeah my, my art has always been a uh... It's better to have a bad version, a bad version of something, than not have it at all. But obviously, not most people in the Scots community don't agree with that, and that's fine. It's just how it works. It all comes back to capacity, really. You know, like. Yeah. 
you do have, and I, I think uh, Vicar Page, you know, would have a similar kind of, you know, having a stub means that there's something for a new editor to begin with, rather than the the kind of the the emotional or the the, the ability to to think that they can create a whole page, you know, that that's kind of a whole other leap. But if something is there to be improved, and I think it's, that's a conversation that happens at all small all language Wikipedia is whether having those low hanging fruit is a good thing or a bad thing, and at what scale and, and things like that. So that's really 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 interesting. And um, how have you found? I know you were saying, Sarah, that you kind of edit around the margins, which I'm familiar with. <laughs> but do you think there's kind of, and I suppose when we're thinking about editing on English versus Scots or another small language Wikipedia, it's not really, I suppose, the, the text or whatever that we're talking about. It's more the, I suppose, the priorities and uh, the, the, the language flavour. Do you notice that there's a distinct difference between Scots and, and English or other language Wikipedia? The main difference that I see between Scots and English Wiki is actually in the infrastructure. Um, so I've become very used to, and training, because I do I do a huge amount of training, um, that you kind of go, oh, that oh, oh, that tool isn't there. Ah, right, hang on. Oh, this is done in a slightly different way. And those community norms that you become very, very aware of. Um, and some of those, like some of those changes are like, oh, we can we can get this thing enabled and that will make it a lot easier. But yeah, like it can, although, you know, or Wikipedia is kind of, use the same use the some of the same stuff there, there are some some big differences um and some of the anti-vandalism tools um are different for example so so that kind of stuff i think if you're used to if you're if you're in an english wiki mindset and when you go to scots wiki things can look a bit different and so some of the templates and things are different like that so so yeah it's in, infrastructure i think for me is probably the, the main difference also the the um we have great off wiki, off wiki spaces for Scots Wiki, which don't exist in the same degree to English Wiki, and I think it's a great strength. I think it's going to be a difficult one for me to add because I'm almost exclusively at the Scots Wiki, but uh, I have noticed uh, that there's a, there's a lot more vandals to deal with in the Scots Wiki, and people who just don't who don't think they either don't, don't they either think uh, it's just English, or sometimes they think it's Gaelic, and we have some articles in Scottish Gaelic we have to deal with, and sometimes you have trolls that. Uh, claim to quote-unquote fix typos it translates to English but they the funny thing is sometimes get it completely they sometimes get it completely wrong like the word for bairn they translate into born which makes absolutely no sense yeah so like if someone was a bairn star they'll translate to it's a born star which makes no you know the primary difference is community sizes. Take a look at NWiki and it's got thousands of edits and editors buzzing away every minute with pages of discussion. And you look at ScottWiki and you're lucky if there's 50 changes and half of them aren't IPs fixing typos. <laughs> just to come back to what Marco just said there. Uh, this means uh, our editors have to do a lot more work to match NWiki's output and article quality. That is, it's 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 an unfair comparison really in a lot of ways, you know, because how many you know the, saw a really interesting map recently about the amount of like native speakers of a, of a language versus the, the proportion of the internet that's in that language and you know English is just you know way way ahead because it's a, it, it is a lingua franca um, to to a far greater extent but I suppose kind of coming away from that like thinking about why why Scots speakers would contribute their time and their effort to it you know why for you do you feel it's so important to contribute or to, to help support in your case Sarah the, the, the Scots Wikipedia and the, and the community behind it for me it's it's about the culture that goes along with the language um, and the fact that wiki is such an incredible resource and has the potential to be so important when it comes to minority languages and and, and cultural 
and all of those kind of differences that you see and the representation of a language and its people online and um, that to not have that resource there's there's a bit of opportunity cost in that and it's yeah it, it just has the so much potential um and getting that information onto the internet in that language to me is just there's there's a drivenness um that, uh, to it and that people can see great benefit and empowerment from seeing themselves represented in their own language online i'm sort of the same like i i think it's important to help the scots wiki grow and uh, fix it because i'm very like myself i'm very passionate about scots language and i want people to navigate the internet and look stuff up in the scots language um and i feel like a big step towards achieving something like that is to you know do up the wiki there's two things that make a culture being language and history scotland's lucky enough to have three languages and if we're to continue to develop a unique scots culture then we're needing to promote and protect the languages such as through gallic road signs or the scots language wikipedia just because we can all read and use english doesn't mean our other languages should be shunned or neglected and as i'm not able to make gallic road signs i'm helping write articles in scots instead i think i think there's a lot of a lot of irish and welsh and all sorts of other language you know they're just nodding along fiercely uh, <laughs> yeah Yes, yes. Yeah. I keep coming back to this idea of like being able to live meaningfully through your language so that you don't always have to default to English. Mm-hmm. You know, that services and knowledge as a service, as we all know, is offered yes. to, uh, in a language that you... That's, that's my dream, to be able to get, get by without using any English. Yeah, yeah. And I think in Ireland, quite often, we're, 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 uh, we discount how lucky we are that, you know, we can ring up the, the revenue, you know, because it is an official language and choose to, to speak to somebody in the Irish revenue in Irish, you know, that that is an option. Um, yeah, that's like, I'm actually jealous of how Ireland and Wales treat their languages because here Scots and Gaelic are treated just like fine china or as decoration and they're not taken seriously enough you know and that's just that just really frustrates me that's a really interesting way of putting it and I think yeah that it's a, it's a nice extra you know it's a kind of you know if we have and again if we have the money or if we have the resources or we have the people it's a it's a it's an and as opposed to you know like central to the work that's going on or cent- central to people's lives which I think yeah exactly like I feel like we should be using Scots and Gaelic as our primary languages rather than just as a secondary extra language or something yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you I think you know having mentioned now I mean do you I know probably in the in the the, the context that you're in being so close to Wales and other you know, we mentioned Manx and, and and Cornish before we, we hit record but do you have much um, interaction either yourself Sarah through your work or you know Marco perhaps through your kind of just being part of the community would you have interaction with other minority language communities. Oh, definitely. Um, I know a few Welsh speakers, and um, I'm I'm learning Gaelic, so I'm part of that community as well. It's it's really cool. Yeah, uh, most of just like to boast about not not speaking English sometimes. I have uh, have been I've just re-downloaded Duolingo, so I'm rejoining the 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 community of uh, Duolingo Scots Gaelic uh, uh, learners. So we'll see we'll see how I get on with that. I haven't uh, I haven't come back to it in a while. Um, yeah, through through work, obviously for for Wikimedia UK. Uh, We've got um, our Welsh manager, Robin, um, and there's an incredible community there. Actually, to, to kind of reflect on why uh, why editing in minority languages is is important, uh, Welsh Wiki is one of the only wikis that has achieved gender balance with regards to biography. So they're yeah they're fifty fifty, and they're very proud of that, and very rightly so. And we do a lot of work within Wikimedia UK with the with Celtic Knot, obviously that, that you've been a part of as well, uh, Rebecca. Which is yeah, and we've had uh, Scots, we had a Scots Gaelic Wikimedian in residence, uh, Susan Roth, uh, and there are there are such great communities out there, and people who are plugging away doing. In this work um and i think it's people do forget <laughs> that that wikipedia is not just in english 300 i think we were at 302 last time i looked at which like 298 ish were active but yeah there's a fantastic community out there 
This is how it's always been. Double Love is a podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. Join me, Anna Carey. And me, Karen Moynihan. As we revisit one of the maddest series of books ever written or ghostwritten. If you ever read about the perfect blonde Wakefield twins, Elizabeth and Jessica, with their eyes the colour of the Pacific Ocean, then you might enjoy listening to us absolutely tearing them to shreds. Affectionately, of course. But of course. And even if you didn't, there's still plenty of drama, kidnappings, stolen boyfriends and seemingly mandatory school dances to entertain you. Find us on the Headstuff Podcast Network and wherever you get your podcasts. That was super interesting, uh, listening to them talking about the current state of Scots language Wikipedia and the work they're doing, the outreach they're doing in the community and getting other people involved in in updating the, the Wikipedia and updating articles and also the culling that they did. Yeah, that's quite historic, uh, kind of Sarah alluded to it. Like it is the only time that a language uh, group has decided to actually just delete such a large yeah. section uh, of there, so it is a little bit. Uh, it's quite historic, mm-hmm. not just a little bit historic. Um, and uh, if you sign up to the Headstuff Podcast Network, the extended interview, we do talk to, especially Marco, uh, who has been an editor the entire time. He witnessed uh, the events kind of unfolding and what it was like, I suppose, for an individual editor to experience that, and now to reflect yeah. on what that meant, and also to reflect on the fact that at the end of the day, these were all humans that were involved and that there is, you know, there's a lot of caretaking there to make sure that people aren't being yeah. scapegoated and victimised. Um, so there was a lot of humanity in the story yeah, as well. Yeah, was like there was clearly no malice on anybody's part in it. It was just a thing that happened that was unfortunate. Um, but it sometimes as well has led to more interest in that particular Wikipedia as a result. So maybe good things will yeah. come, you know, as in... We did, yeah. yeah. We did talk about how it could have been, it could have gone either way. Yeah. You know, it could have been the rallying call or it could have been the... The death note. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, as we said, that there's a full interview is available on the Headstuff podcast uh, network. Uh, we have a number of our other interviews on there, the full interviews of other of our other guests on there as well. And it's just five euro a month plus VAT if you want to get that access to that. And we have a few special sort of episodes coming up in the next month or so um, which will only be available on the Headstuff Podcast Network and you can only access them if you're a a member. Um, In addition to getting access to our wonderful content um, and hearing our dulcet tones, you'll also get access to everything else on the Headstuff Podcast Network. So you'll get all the um, background uh, episodes and um, special episodes that are available for all the other podcasts on the network. So it's well worth your five euro a month plus VAT. So sign up. Go to headstuffpodcast.com. So who's this episode's hero, Rebecca? It is a timely one. As you know, I am a big fan of. Love a little bit of uh, synchronicity. Mm -hmm. So all through April and May this year, 2021, the year of our Lord, there is uh, an international campaign going on on Wikipedia called Wiki for Human Rights. Okay. Uh, tell me more about that. It's a collaboration between local Wikimedia groups and the UN Human Rights Office and the UN Environmental Programme to work on articles related to climate change under the banner of a right to a healthy environment, which is a recognised right in 150 countries across the world. That's fascinating. How are they going about it? Like, what's their approach? 
Um, editors will work on articles relating to climate-based human rights. Uh, so the activists involved, local initiatives, and the impact that has already been felt in many places around the world. There is a list of identified critical articles on the topic. So this encourages editors from different language Wikipedias to get these high-level, high-impact articles into their language critically. This will include the article on the right to a healthy environment, but also the right to life, the right to health, self-determination, the right to education, the right to housing. So you can see that this looks at climate change and the environment specifically, but takes the wider view of these other fundamental human rights and how they're all interlinked. It sounds like very, very important work that's going on. Yeah. And I think much like with the COVID-19, we saw, you know, getting the the content into the languages is critically important. Mm -hmm. You know, Wikipedia being the, you know, that we're not defaulting to one of the more dominant or to English as is. Yeah. Or French or, you know, Spanish or Portuguese, you know, that there are these other other language groups as well. And it has been organised not only to coincide with Earth Day, but also Wiki Loves Earth, but more about that in the next episode. Ooh, a throw forward. Do you love a skillful throw forward? Yeah, it's not skillful if I then just point out the throw forwardness yeah. of it. I think we've... I'll, I'll still take it. I think this is just we're working out the kinks after taking a month and a half off. Anyway, we missed you. I hope you missed us, because otherwise we're just talking into the void... And the void never talks back. Well, if it does, it would be deeply unsettling. Yeah. True. So that was the world according to Wikipedia. Join us again in two weeks. You can subscribe to us on your podcast player of choice. Follow us on Twitter at world underscore Wikipedia. Thanks to Patricia O'Flaherty for our artwork and Headstuff for production assistance. Go to headstuffpodcast.com for show notes, more information, and to support the Headstuff Plus network. Hamilton. Can you hear that? Yes. <laughs> He's having a whale of a time in a box. He's a cat. <laughs> he is a cat, yes. Yes, for context, he is definitely a cat. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.